All right, so what I wanted to discuss tonight is in relation to the the great debate among the Pashtunim in relation to Saras. Uh, but before we get to that, we have a few other science topics that are relevant for this sedra. So I thought I would start out with the um, with a couple of Ibn Ezra's. We've um, touched on uh, on them in the past, although it's been a while. Uh, the first Ibn Ezra uh, in this week's Parsha deals with the Greeks. And because of that, I think it's good, which we didn't cover in the past. So I th thought, therefore, it's worthwhile to mention a couple of other times that Ibn Ezra discusses the Greeks in both Beratius, uh, both times actually in Beratius, he doesn't mention it in Shemais. Uh The first place that I was going to discuss is in the uh, in relation to the rainbow when I was just now away for Pesach, it was pouring rain. And one day there was an incredible, incredible rainbow. And I thought about this, this sugi again. And here on the topic of the rainbow, which we discussed a year and change ago when we did the Ramban's approach, the Pasuk tells us after the flood, HaKadosh Baruch says, I'm putting a rainbow into the sky, and it's going to be, it's going to be a sign between me and, and you and the world and humanity. That sign is that I'm not going to bring another flood. So we know the famous Ramban, right? The Ramban said that we are forced, we are compelled to admit, to listen, to agree with the Greeks, the Greeks who have shown that that when you take a prism, when you take some sort of a crystal, put, you know, uh, wet, something wet next, uh, put like water next to something crystal with light, and you'll see a rainbow. You can create a rainbow very naturally. It's not a complicated thing to do or a complicated thing to see. So since it's such a common thing, and it's very natural, says the Ramban, we're forced to listen to what the Greeks have to say. They've proven the fact that a rainbow is a purely natural phenomenon, such that, according to the Ramban, you have to reread what the Pasuk means when it says, that this idea that it's a covenant is not on the basis of what you commonly would have thought, which is that there was a new a new invention, a new phenomenon, a rainbow. No, the rainbow was always around. It was always being able to be created as a natural means, and it was around whenever there was a rain shower and, and sun was following thereafter. There's nothing unique or new about it. What was new is the fact that now it's taken on a new uh, element of meaning. Until now, it was just a natural phenomenon. Now it's packed with meaning that Bohu is reminding, as it were himself, that he's not He's not going to destroy the world again. Right? As we know, because in the beginning, in the end of Pasha's Bracious, what was once a to destroy the world, right? The the Baruch Hu says the Kiyetzileva Adam is rak rak 
now becomes a defense. What the Katega was now becomes the Sanegar. Because now Kodesh Baruch says, Kiyetz is Adam is not Raminurav, is now as Raminurav, not Rak Rak Kalayan. And so what now becomes a defense is a reminder is this rainbow. And the Ramban grammatically wants to read that into the Pasuk because it says, nosati I put it in. If you wanted to say that I was putting it in the Anon now and I was creating a new thing, then you should say, But Nasati sounds like it was already there. And therefore, since it was already there, all it's doing now is taking on additional meaning. So even though this goes against the simple understanding of Chazal, the Ramban was forced to accept it because the Greeks had proven it as a matter of fact. And yet, if you look there at the Ibn Ezra, the Ibn Ezra had said something different. The Ibn Ezra had said that, unlike Sajid Gain, who said that the rainbow, that there was always a rainbow, he says that's not true. It's not true. Like the way that Sajid Gain wants to say that there was always an Anam. And he wants to make that argument from a grammar point. But then he says, if we believe, and that notice that key word, if, im, im, and if we believed in the words of the Yavanim, meaning you don't have to believe in them, but if you believed in them, then you would say X, Y, and Z. But the key word is on the if. You don't actually have to believe in the words of the Yavanim. So if we believed in them, that if there was this kind of a weather uh, situation when you had a sun shower and then the and then the sun came out and there was still water in the air and 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 moisture so it would create a rainbow so then yeshlemar then what you could say is he says what you should say is that Hashem as it were strengthened the light of the sun so that these would become um that this would become something of regularity, that there would now be a natural phenomenon to see rainbows. So, and that is to say, it's not that the Ibn Ezra is saying that the Yavanim are wrong, but he is definitely saying something different than the Rabban. We're not coerced to believe in the Yavanim. That's number one. Number two, if we're going to accept the words of the Yavanim, then how do we deal with the fact that the rabbis thought it was a natural phenomenon? The answer to that is, it's still an, it's a natural phenomenon, but it's a natural phenomenon that really began after the flood. It's a natural phenomenon that would exist, but the sun wasn't strong enough, as it were, prior to the flood. After the flood, Hashem was Chazak Er Hashemesh. He made the sun much stronger, so now the rainbows would start to be created. So it's 100% a natural phenomenon, but it only started after the flood, and therefore now it can be also the sign for the destruction, and for that Hashem will not destroy the world. So you see here the Ibn Ezra, again, as we've mentioned before, is very focused on the words of the Kadmainim and very much accepting the words of Chazal wherever possible. He will go with the words of Chazal. And even in a situation where the Greek science had been pretty proven enough for the Ramban, it's not sufficient for the Ibn Ezra. Another example of this is uh, where the Ibn Ezra goes further and, and, and does accept the words of the Yavanim is a little, uh, a little bit earlier in Beratius. The Pasuk tells us there that the Eitzachayim, right, is understood by Chazal, that the tree of life effectively could help you live forever. Right, that uh, Hashem, as it were, wants to prevent Adam Marishan after the sin from eating from the Eitzachayim, I'm sorry, from the Eitzachayim, because he will live forever. 
So therefore, they have to send them out. They have Vaygarsha Saadam. They have um, They have a whole um, security detail that prevents Adam from coming back into the garden. Why? Because maybe he's going to come and have from the Eitz and if he's going to eat from the Eitz he's going to be living forever. Says the says the Ibn Ezra like this. It's a mistake to think that Vachayla Olam means forever. Says the Ibn Ezra, it just means she'yais of chayim. It's a, an, an elixir of life. It's going to help you live longer. It's very good for the digestion. I mean, it, you can name it whatever you want, but it's not going to make you live forever. It's going to help you live longer. It's healthy. It's very good for the for the pr- prognosis of your life, but it's not going to enable you to somehow not, not pass away. This is what the Ibn Ezra says. And he says, that doesn't mean forever. And on this, he has his famous, the uh, famous Ibn Ezra, the beginning of Parashat Mishpatim, that tells us about that you're going to work forever. It doesn't mean forever. We know it means until Yaival. So the same way by an Evet, it doesn't mean that you're going to work forever. So why would it mean any different that Adam should live forever? We say Lo'ilam means not forever there. So it should also be not Lo'ilam over there. I, what do we say by Lo'ilam by certain situations, by Evet Kenanis, we do so that they should work forever? Okay, that is going to be his problem. But another example of that he has is the example that we say about the Evet Ibrahim. Another example is that we have by somebody who runs on Ari Miklot, right? The public says over there, Neviyashav Sham Ad Eilam, you're going to stay there. And we, Chazal understand, doesn't mean forever. It means until the Karen Gadu passes away. So, um, what we have is a situation where Lailam is not used, is not used in, um, is not used as a forever meaning. So, since it's not used as a forever meaning, so therefore, over here, we should understand by the Eitzadas, I'm sorry, by the Eitzachayim, it doesn't mean that he's going to live forever. It means man would have lived for much longer, and that was a sufficient reason to make sure that man did not have a chance to come into Gan Eden again. Um, but the, what the, the reason I'm bringing this down is because what the Ibn Ezra says over here, he says that the, those who think that you would have otherwise lived forever is Elu Divei Rach, that that's, just, that's nonsense. You would never have lived forever. And then he continues, and he says, One of the Greek doctors has already brought Rias Gimuras, clear proofs that it's impossible that a person doesn't have a certain end to his life. In other words, it's impossible that a person could live forever. And this has already been proven by the Greek doctors, by one of the Greek doctors. He brought Rias Gimuras. So what I'm doing or trying to show is, even though when it came to the Parsha by the Keshas, where the Ramban is willing to accept what the words of the Greek scientists are against, the words of Chazal and the Ibn Ezra was not willing to, and yet when it comes to what it means that the Eitz HaChayim is going to be according to the Ibn Ezra, it doesn't mean Lo'elam, even though there are opinions in Chazal that it does mean that, it must mean only for a period of time, and he brings other rights from other places where that means. The law doesn't always mean that for every place, but he brings rights where it would support it, and that's what it must mean over here. But what's clearly driving him is not the word Lo'elam per se, because Lo'elam can be used in different ways, but what's clearly driving him is the Reife Yavan who brought Raya's Gemurais that a person can't live forever. So you see that even as is not consistent, there are times that he's going to be willing to accept what the Greeks say, 
and there are times that he will not. So we get to the beginning of our center this week, and here the parasha tells us, Isha the, the woman giving birth uh, to a male child. The word is Sazria, which is a word that's not easily translatable for us today in terms of modern science. Um, what it's, what the Ibn Ezra says is what we have from the famous Gemara Nida. The Gemara says there in the name of Yitzchak that Isha Mizaras Techila is Yol Bezachar and the Isha's Mizaras Techila is Yol Bezachar and the Ibn Ezra brings that down. The Ibn Ezra says V'Rabim Omru what does it mean Isha Kisa Zriya? It means Mizaras Techila that's what it's literally referring to. And so is the Ibn Ezra, Sha'isa Mizaras Techila Yolet Zachar can be Yol Bezachar that's what the Pasuk tells the Isha Kisa Zriya Yol Bezachar because that's what it happened that's what Yitzchak was telling you in Gemara Nida. And this is the understanding of the Greek scientists. This is the understanding of the Greek uh, philosophers, the doctors. That there is a zera both for the man and the woman, and the zera of the zahar somehow congeals. And somehow the zera of the isha will create the, the male child. I don't know again how that science works, but when it means sazria, it means to give zera. That's literally what it means. Isha ki sazria means, and they understood in those days with the science that they had that there was a zera for the man and a zera for the woman. So isha ki sazria literally means the woman admits zera, whatever that means. Again, in modern science, we don't have that same concept, but whatever that meant. That would then be created a male child, and that's what Sazria is telling you. That's what it means grammatically. Isha ki Sazria means to be ten zera, the same way that if a man would be ten zera, would be uh, uh, um, first it would be a yolda nekeva. So when the woman is is uh, yolda zafar, and and uh, what he seems to be saying is that Chazal is correct, Gemara Nida is correct. But he doesn't quote the Gemara. He says, V'rabim Amru. Many people say, which is the Gemara, the Gemara Nidafabkas. And then he says, das And so too is the is the uh, wisdom of the you know, the so too is the understanding of the wise men of, of, of the Greeks. The Greeks understand it in the same way. So it sounds like what he's doing over here is we have Chazal's opinion. Verabim is, is the opinion of Chazal. And it agrees, it coheres with the Greeks. And so therefore, that's how he's going to go. That's how it sounds like when when one reads the Ibn Ezra. If you look at the Ramban over here, the Ramban understands Mazriya differently. He doesn't understand Mazriya as Tenzara in the same way as the Ibn Ezra, that literally as the way the Gemara understood it in, in Misakas Nida, that there's Zara for the man and Zara for the woman. However, the Ramban understands it as some sort of uh, congealing uh, of, of the Dhamma Racham. Again, I don't really understand the science of it, but the, the Ramban uses the Lush and he says like this, He says he doesn't understand, I mean, he... The science here, he says that a woman has um, um, eggs uh, like the way a man has eggs, but they don't emit uh, zera at all, or it's not the the congealing type, which in their mind would be necessary. And it doesn't therefore do anything. 
What does it mean then, Mizaraz? What does Tazria mean? What's understanding is that somehow the, is, is the Dam and the, and, and the Rechem, um, uh, after Gemar Bia, somehow mixes together with the Zera Azokar, and that creates the child. And that it says, Kila died Tom, because according to their understanding, who's the there? The there is Chazal. Because a child, every child is created from the red of the woman and the white of the man. And that is the Zara and the Lavan, uh, that is the Adam, the Adom and the Lavan in the male and the female. This is the understanding of the Ramban. And to each one of that is called Zara. And this is what it means, Kasazria. So it's different than the than the um than the Ibn Ezra in the sense that the Ibn Ezra said that what is Zara? Zara meant um uh, ten Zara. He says the woman doesn't have Zara. What it is is the Dam Harechem. So it's not Zara, it's the Dam Harechem. So that's one one this difference. But then the Ibn, the Ramban continues. And the Ramban says and obviously this idea that the Ibn Ezra was saying that there is a zero of the woman, zero of the man, that's the part of the Shlesh Shudfin, the Gemara t- told us also about Anita. And then he continues the Ramban, and he says like this. He says, Vigam das harifim kachi. And it says, many doctors agree with this approach. Okay. And this is Baval das philosophy, hayivanim, but according to the philosophers of the Greeks, so we see sometimes they refer to as the Chachme and the Reifeng, the Reife Yavan, sometimes the philosophers of Yavan, but they were talking all about the same, the same people, the Greeks. What do they say? They say like this: Kol gufa midama isha, a whole, the whole fetus is created by the 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 woman. The entire fetus is created by the woman. The only thing the man provides is the hiyuli. What's hiyuli? Hiyuli is the energy. That's what gives life to the matter. That's what gives the energy, that's what gives the soul. And, and the raya, what's the raya to this? The raya for the Ramban is the egg that a chicken hatches, right? You could have a fertilized egg or an unfertilized egg that, that a chicken hatches. If it's fertilized by the rooster, so that'll be able to turn into a chicken after 21 days. If it's not fertilized, it will just remain an egg. But if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't uh, know the difference, right, you would see exactly the same thing. And if fertilized and unfertilized egg, they both seem exactly the same. So what's the difference? The difference is that one has the hiyuli, one has the energy, because without the energy, you won't have a life. But without the energy, you can still have something that could look exactly the same. On the outside, the material aspect looks exactly the same. So therefore, they developed the opinion that a woman is the one who's forming the baby, and the man is just providing the hiyuli, the man is just providing the energy. So it's not shlash and shuf and in the same way. They're not both adding physical aspects. The male is just adding in the neshama aspect, just adding in the consciousness, the the soul. This is the approach of the das the das philosophy ayivanim kol gufu uber midamu isha ein balish alakach edu balashenam hiyuli shunes and sur bechaymer, and that's the argument that they prove it from the chickens' eggs. So vim kain if if the Greeks are right, so what does it mean tazria tazria kimnoi zirua tatzmiach. Then you have to re-understand what Tazriya means. It doesn't mean Tazriya in the sense of uh, Zara of the woman, Zara of the man, the way the Ibn Ezra understood, you have to understand it differently. But what do you see from here? Another machlag you see in the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra in relation to Greek science. 
according to the Ibn Ezra, we're not taking Greek science at all. We're taking the words of Chazal, and that's what means Hazria, and that's correct. Says the Ramban, I'm not so sure if Chazal is correct. Uludai Tom, according to the way Chazal works, this is how it's understood. And there are doctors that agree with Chazal, but that's the philosophy of Yavan. This is how you have to understand it. And we'll reinterpret the Pasuk to explain how it works with the Kayachayuli rather than the Zara of the man. This is the understanding of the Ramban, which comes out then that you see that there are times when they're going to be more consistent in terms of using. Chazal uh, versus the science of the Greeks, and other times not. Other times they seem to be more comfortable using the science of the Greeks against Chazal. What's not clear to me is why. It sounds like it's their view of the science. If they view the science as being so incredibly true, then therefore they they ended up reinterpreting the Psukim to fit within the science. But if they weren't 100% sure about the science, if it wasn't Raias Gimurais, if it wasn't 100%, then perhaps not as as clear, and therefore they they would stay or stick with the the words of Chazal, not reinterpret the psukim at all. And you have differences in terms of how they each view the science, right? In relation to let's say the rainbow, right? They viewed it differently. In relation to the Ishaki Sazir, they viewed it differently. They view the science differently. All right. So the the Ibn Ezra um, mentions uh, in this week's Sedra a number of different things about. Um, about uh, science that I think are worthwhile to mention and will lead us into uh, our topic about Saras. So the Ibn Ezra says like this, he says, you see the difference, you see the distinction in terms of the amount of days, right, for the Tum and Tahara of a woman who gives birth to a male child versus a female child, right? A female child is much longer than a male child. So why is that? Says the Ibn Ezra like this, I think here the Ibn Ezra is not quoting any science. He's not quoting the Greeks. He's just simply saying that it's 100% clear as day in science. It's 100% clear that what? That a Zohar is created as a fetus in a much shorter period than the female, than the Nekeva. Nekeva takes twice as long to be created than a Zohar. And where is he coming from? He's coming from a Gemara, another Gemara Nida. Gemara Nida Alam, it tells us, Machlekes, they're among the Tanoim, whether or not um, they are created, fetuses are created the same amount of time, the same period of time, um, for male and female, or is it different times? Does the male take 30 days, and the female, uh, 40 days, I'm sorry, and the, and the female takes 80 days. Modern science today says obviously different. Modern science says that it's about or so eight, 80 days or so. Um, and the genitalia of the male and the female fetus, you won't necessarily have, a, have be able to discern any difference. It's only their attack chromosomal. Chromosomal, the moment that they get started, you know, there's uh, the male child will be an XY chromosome, the female child will be XX. But, but when will become publicly, you know, sort of available information if you have a, you know, a machine that's able to, you know, to, to, to take a scan of the woman's fetus. So in, in that situation, you can start to see it optically with your eyes at around, you know, 75, 80 days or something like that. So again, from what the Ibn Ezra is saying is that the reason that the Torah is giving a, a difference in terms of the time 
is a difference in relation to science, and difference in relation to science that's bar o menusa, that uh, that the uh, misbar azachar is mashem is tsura in half the time of a female, and that in modern science is not definitely not bar menusa at all. To the contrary, you cannot actually discern a difference uh, visually between a male or female fetus until a significant period of time has gone by. The Ramban here says something different. Says the Ramban that we see that the Torah does give a different time for the male and the female child. We see that. Why is that? So he says it could be It could be like the Ibn Ezra says, based upon the Gemara that we just quoted in Nida. Maybe. But he says, well, what about the other man, the Omar and Chazal? What about this? Right, the other man, the Omar holds on, the male and the female child are created the same. It's not a difference in the time period, which would maybe not exactly the the based upon the science of today, but it is in effect what we what we say today is that the male and the female you don't see a difference from you know the until a certain time period has passed, at which point you see the difference. Um, but it's the same for both male and female. If they start developing, um, you know, that way um, in around seventy five or so eighty days. Again, different than we say in modern science, which is 75, 80 days, not 40 days, but according to the Manama, the held that they were both really the same and they all, and they really started to develop all, um, at the same time, which is about 40 days. So not like the other Manama. Um, what do we do then? Why is there a difference between the male and the female child? Right? That should be the same. The even other says it's reflective of the difference in the gestation, the difference in the way they're, when they start getting created. But it's not true. Says, oh, well, the Raman doesn't say it's not true. The Raman says, it could be like the Ibn Ezra was based upon one mandam, but according to the other mandam, what do we do? Says the Ibn Ezra like this. What you have to say is that the teva of a woman is to be cold and wet. The, and therefore, so the in the Rechem Ha'im, it's, in, it's uh, more difficult to sort of recuperate after a female birth. Um, and therefore she gave birth to Nikeva. Therefore, it needs a more uh, more cleanliness, more recuperation. When somebody is 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 sick or somebody has cold. Um, or somebody is very wet, is harder to recover or recuperate from than if somebody's hot, than if somebody is burning up. Um, and therefore, what the Menezer is saying is that according to the other Mandama, that feels that the both the male and the female child develop at the same time, which again, we agree with the modern science today, at least optically, you could see it. Again, genetically, it's always the case, but optically, you could start seeing it. Um, so then why, what's the reason to have a different day for the male or the female child? What's the difference? The difference is because the recuperation time for a female child is different, is longer than for a male child. Why is it different? And by the way, some people say today uh, that the woman's pregnancy is different than a man's pregnancy and the mother can feel the difference. Um, so why would it be different? Because a woman's pregnancy is, uh, when she's giving birth to a female, is harder because of the lachos, because of the kriros, um, that is is there more than when there was a male child. Now, this idea is something that says by the Ramban, that's what he would say. And that's presumably part of the science that he understood in that time. 
And what's very interesting is that the Ibn Ezra uses the same exact uh, points in a different place in the parsha. Later on, when the Torah is talking about what a gibeach is, um, so the Ibn Ezra says, You don't know what a gibeach is because it doesn't mention anywhere else in the Chumash except for over here. So that's why I have to use the parsha over here to figure out what a gibeach is. And then he says, Lufi Daiti. When we talk about somebody going bald, we talk about somebody going bald on their head. They have no hair. So we mentioned many times about various things in Saras. Isha, Isha. Here we are mentioning just a man, not an Isha. Why not? Because a woman is very is, is very wet, so therefore she won't become bald. Because hair is like grass. In other words, just like grass grows when you have a nice, fecund, fertile, you know, field that's very wet, so the grass will grow. So because a woman is much wetter than a man, so therefore her hair grows and she doesn't go bald. This is what the Ibn Ezra said. This is the science of his day, which um, would explain for the Ibn Ezra why men go bald, because men are not uh, so wet. And therefore, women are not. So that's a that that's a benefit. In other words, when it came to the careers of of giving birth to a female, right, which would create more lachos and more careers in the woman. So therefore, it's a longer recuperating time. But there's a side benefit to to all of that, and that side benefit is that you don't lose your hair. So male pattern boldness is not something from the 21st century. The 20th century is something that was noticed for centuries. And they had developed a scientific theory to explain it. Um, this idea that there was a difference in the in the humors of a male and a female, that there was a difference in their internal, uh, um, not just their internal gestalt, but their, their actual physiology was fundamentally different, um, leads the Ramban, there's a famous Ramban in the beginning of the Sedra, leads the Ramban in the beginning of this Sedra, to uh, in discussing the parsha of Nida, these are about to say his very famous lines about the fact that Nida is called Nida because she is meant to be Mirucha. Ramban actually compares the Nida to the Mitzrayim. The Nida and the Mitzrayim in the Ramban's mind are comparable in the sense that in the ideal world, not in the practical world, but in the ideal world, not the world of Halacha. Halacha has rejected this opinion, but. It was once the case, says the Rabban, that when a woman was Anida, she had to be separated out from everybody, and she was bothered Yeshev, just like a Mitzayra. And no one would go near her, and because even her head was mazik, when she would breathe, she would talk, she would be mazik. And the, and, and, and the Ramban here, to prove his point, quotes from the Greeks. The, the Ramban believes that this has um, been proven, that this is what Anita was from the Greek scientists, from the Greek philosophers, that they've made this super clear. And therefore, he's using the Greeks as a raya to his position that when a woman is in that state, that she has to be minada herself, and herself from Kobane Adam, Anashim, Anashim does make a difference. You have to be separating yourself from your Sheves Badad. And you should be sitting alone with his Saper and B'nai Adam Klau. Not to be talking to anybody. Kigam Dibura Tameh. Because even her words are, are, are impure. And 
the ground that she walks on is tame. And uh, even her looks, if she's looking at something, creates a negative situation. And he says, I've already included this, I mean, he's spoken about this in Parashas that They had special tents, special rooms, special apartments where the Nidas would live. They still carry this out in certain places in, in, in the Far East. I think uh, in Nepal, they still have places like this. Uh, and that's what uh, Rachel was telling your father, I can't get up because of the fact that she wasn't in that stage and it would be inappropriate. And if you look there, the Ramban Embracious points this out, he quotes this from the Chachma Yavan, and he also says that's why you never find that Lavan responded to her. Lavan never said anything to her because Lavan understood that when someone is in this, one woman is in a state of Nida, you don't even talk to her because even the talking is dangerous. Um, and the um, and therefore says that's what the Torah is really when it comes to the Moshe of Nida more than the Maga, and that's what it means. And this is what the term meant when it said by the Mitzvah, Bodhid Yeshim, Mithus Lamach and Amay Shavai. And the Loika Marakashir Omar Bashar Tim. It's not like other Tameim. This is very, very specific because there's something negative about the Mitzvah, and so too there's something negative about the Nidim. Therefore, if you look at the Ramban and the Oshan Parsvayetse, when explaining why Rachel is telling her father, I can't get up, he says that's the reason was because of this. It, it, obviously, they were traveling. She had, couldn't stay in separately. She was in the middle of the, uh, the road, but. But nevertheless, she wouldn't get off her 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 mount to, to go talk to her father because it wouldn't be appropriate. And this says the Ramban in Parshvayetze is was done bimehakad mainim. This is how things went down in the olden days that the the nidas were muachakis um, Although this is no longer the case, and obviously Allah has rejected this opinion soundly one hundred percent. It still lives on in certain cultures, and very few. Uh, in the Far East. And the Ramban brought this down from the Chachme Yavan, from the philosophers of, Yav- of Lavan. And he again, later on, in in uh, in next week's Sanjay, the Ramban will again bring down this point. And again, he will uh, there go even further and talk there about the Mabat of the Isha, there's just her gaze causes harm because when she looks in the mirror, she will cause blood to pour out of a mirror. And he thinks that this was proven by the Greeks. So what we've done now is a bit of background on the approach of the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra of science to the Greeks and how the two cohere together with Chazal. So now we get to our topic in relation to Tsaras. And as I said, the great debate among the Pashtunim, right, between the Rashbam and the Ibn Ezra. So the Rashbam here says the following. Now everyone knows that the Rashbam is Mr. Pashtun, right? If there's anybody who would be the celebrated Pashtun on the, on the stand of Makhrez Kedelis, it's the Rashbam more than anybody else. That is to say, the famous Rashbam, the beginning of Paris Vayeshev, where he rejects, and he says his own Zayda rejected Many of his comments that were based upon Midrashim, and if he had time, he would have redone his commentary to reflect more of the Pshat. The Rashbam, who said 
in the beginning of Paris of the Mishpatim, that even though the Torah says X, Y, and Z, and Chazal understand it in a certain way, I will nevertheless interpret according to Pshuta Shal Migra, even if it goes against Chazal. The same Ramban said the same in the beginning of Hayikra. The Ramban said that a few times throughout his commentary in Chumash, that he believes that Pashat Pshat is sort of uber alas, it has nothing to do with Halacha, Halacha is Halacha, but when we're doing Pshuta Shal Migra, if we say in the Gemara Shabbos says, Ain Mikri we should always understand that Pasuk, going to Pasuk Shabbat, and I'm here to just tell you Pasuk Shabbat. Pasuk Shabbat can exist. The Torah is multivalent. There are many different layers and levels of meaning, and I don't have to make my Pshuta Shemikra fit with whatever Chazal said. This is the understanding of the Rashbam, which many people find very difficult and controversial. I mean, it's a Dabar Pashat. The Torah is a Shira. The Torah exists in many levels. It's multi-layered. It's multivalent. There's levels and layers of meaning it never stops, it never ends and one level is Pshat if you want to write a commentary based on Pashat Pshat so you'll come up with what you come up with then it doesn't necessarily have to fit with whatever Chazal said Chazal operating on a very different level says the Rashbam in his introduction to talking about the laws of Tzarat says the Rashbam like this all these Pashat that we're going to deal with in relation to Nigam, in relation to Taras, whether it's Nigay Adam, whether it's Nigay Batim, whether it's Nigay Begadim, doesn't make a difference. We should understand like this about the Maris and about the Cheshbins and about this being locked up and all of that. Ain Lonu Achab You should know we cannot go after Pshutay Shamikra here at all. And we can't go after the understanding of the science that people have. We can't go after the bekiyas of their We can't go after the common understanding of the science about these things. Leprosy, by the way, is not something that was a translation that was an ancient translation. It's a modern translation. So the Rashbam, Mr. Pshutay Shomikra, is telling you, no Pshutay Shomikra, no bekiyas of their That's not how we have to understand it. Allah. What you have to understand these psugim is solely based upon the chachamim and their laws and their kabbalas. That's how we need to read these psugim. This is the ikr. Why is he doing that? He's doing that simply because we can't see in the understanding of tzaras a malady that is a physical ailment that we can relate to. It obviously is not a normal situation. It seems like a spiritual. The Gemara in Erechen famously tells us that Al-Shiva Durarim, right? In the Gambotum, we have different numbers and different Midrashim, right? The famous one is, of course, Lashon Hara, is the main reason that we always talk about, right? We have the example of Meishu Rabbeinu, the beginning of Parashat Shemais, where Meishu Rabbeinu says that Ein Aminuli, and our God says that he should put his hand into his coat, and he takes it out, and he's a Mitzaras. We have the example of Miriam, and then what happened? So we have examples where people talk negatively, inappropriately, in the case of Miriam about Maisha, in the case of Maisha about the Bnei Yisrael, and they were punished with Saras. So as a result, Chazal understood, perhaps as the main reason for why Nigam or Boim is in relation to Lashen Ha'ra. And therefore, if that's the case, so you have a situation where you're getting of a ailment that has nothing to do with a natural physical ailment, it's coming as a response, it's coming as a spiritual response to something that was done appropriate, perhaps to a very spiritually 
a significant person, a righteous person who otherwise is perfect and tell him and he did a mistake and they fear he's getting saras. So if that's the case, then what we're dealing with, says the Rashbam, is not Shutai Shalmikra, kind of territory. We're not dealing with something natural, with no phenomena. There's no like science textbook. There's no, I can't read from these sukkim and tell you what this thing is because it's not like anything normal. So therefore he avoids Shutai Shalmikra. What about the Ibn Ezra? The Ibn Ezra seems not to. The Ibn Ezra seems to view this as a physical ailment. It's not merely coming from a spiritual aspect. It is physically uh, an ailment and catchy. Says the Ibn Ezra that what we're talking about when it comes to the, the Goyim, we say Adam, an Adam who has Beharas, an Adam who has uh, the various Goyim, and says the Ibn Ezra like this. We don't say Ish, we say Adam. Why? Because we're trying to tell you that it's any person. We came like we had in the beginning of my Yikra. We talked about any man. We don't say a specific person because it's a Torah. And then he says, Tsaras is very catchy. Tsaras is very contagious. It can go and jump from one person to the next. Well, Tsaras is coming because of a spiritual malady. If Tsaras is coming because of something that happened, HaKadosh uh, Baruch was angry at somebody because he did X, Y, and Z. So then why is it catchy? How is it going to get caught in somebody else? When a Torah is saying, is that a situation because we want to protect against infection? Is that a situation of like COVID-19? Or is that a situation where we want the person to reflect on what he's doing and what he's done wrong? Says the Rajbam, don't look at the don't look at the Bikis of the Darach Don't look at Pshuta Shemikra. This is just pure Kabbalah from Chazal. Says the Ibn Ezra, no, this is a very catchy melody. <coughs> the Ibn Ezra repeats that a number of times. Says the Ibn Ezra, a person has to be his God crane, right? When you see many times, Shiva Syam is seven days, seven days, seven days. Why is it seven days? Because many, many diseases, they, they stop working, you know, the same strength. They start getting better, healed, whatever, after seven days. That's why seven, seven days is a physical thing. Really physical? Is there a physical ailment that happens on a house? How can you even understand that it's a physical ailment? How, how does your beggar get a, get a nega? How does your house get a nega? But he says it again and again. This beharois, what's a beharois? It's like a shiny uh, kind of a negabunai. And it has elements of being a, a sort of a sign. But the reality is it's catchy. The reality is it's a malady. We're running a little bit short on time. But if you think about the various different examples of what the Torah is doing here, and there's a long arichas and shashavel hirsh here um, to discuss, is saras a physical ailment or a spiritual ailment? The Torah seems to be indicated perhaps that it has aspects of both. Certainly Chazal understood as a spiritual ailment, but perhaps it had a physical dimension. And here you have the two great Pashtana, the Ibn Ezra and the Rashbam, seemingly taking a very different approach as to how to read what the Tsaras was. Forget leprosy, there's no, that's nothing to do with this conversation. But was it an ailment that was specifically related to some spiritual malady? In which case, all of the recovery tactics and all the approaches are really aimed at getting one to reflect spiritually and become a better person. 
Or, yes, maybe it came from something spiritual, but it's a physical malady. It has physical uh, ramifications and repercussions. It's catchy. It's malignant. It's able to uh, spread to other people, even those who may not be guilty. And therefore, we have to treat it in a manner that is physical also, that we have to ensure that we protect uh, you know, those around them from catching it. Um, again, the cautious on, on, on the aspect of saying that it's physical is why in the world does it happen to a baguette or a house? Um, how does it work that Chazal tell us if it's a physical melody, um, not melody, malady, that, right, that Mishnah tells us in Nigan, right, that, oh, chasen, you wait till the shivas, you may have Mishnah, but regalim, you don't make the decision. So if the current thinks that there's a problem with the house, first, you know, make sure you take out everything out of it. I don't understand. If it's a physical malady, then every moment counts. No, 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 not so much. You let the guy have yantif spirit? Well, who needs yantif spirit? It's a physical malady. It's going to create problems. Clearly, Chazal or the opinion, the Netiyah, as per the Rashbam. But as we see, there is room to disagree. And certainly the Torah has indications by seeming to say that a person has to be separated out, that there is danger and ramifications that, to others to be able to potentially catch it. And maybe there is something of an aspect that was physical. With that, I'll conclude and wish everybody a good challenge. Sure.